Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life-ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Welcome, everyone, to our podcast for the sake of the child. I'm Katja Pinkston. I'm a parent educator, curriculum developer, and podcast host for the Military Child Education Coalition. I'm also a parent and the spouse of a retired service member. Our son graduated from a Dodia school overseas and is now going to college. I'm currently at the MSEC's National Training Seminar in downtown Washington, D.C. And joining me today is Steve Bombaugh, who is the head of college and career access at the College Board. Steve, thank you so much for being here with me this morning. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? For example, what kind of student were you? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, Katya, thank you very much for having me here today. The College Board and the Military Child Education Coalition have a deep and important partnership, and we're honored to work with you to serve uh, children whose parents and guardians are, are serving this country. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was a mixed student when I was young. I was actually uh, quite inattentive and not a very good student at all. Uh, then uh, someone bet me the first week of junior high school that they could get better grades than I could get. And mm -hmm. I suddenly took uh, my schooling very seriously, did very well, and was fortunate enough to go to Yale University. So it all, it all worked out. Awesome. Everybody needs a nudge to uh, get themselves excited about uh, education, and that's part of what we try to do at the College Board. Right. So what is it that you do at the College Board? How does your day look like? Oh, gosh, goodness. Uh, my days look very busy. Um, I was hired about four years ago by David Coleman to start uh, a division that really focused on building bridges to college for low-income and first-generation students. Uh, in this country, the pathway to college is, um, is not always a clear path. Even for middle-class families, uh, the, the, the pathway can uh, be a little bit obscure. So uh, we work in our division with financial aid products, with skill-building resources, and with all kinds of incentive opportunities to try to make the pathway to college clearer for students uh, and to help them build their skills and prepare to go to the best college uh, to which they can be admitted. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the SAT. So I earlier mentioned that my son is also going to college and of course he had to take the SAT and I think everybody associates the College Board with the SAT. My question is, when do you suggest students should start studying for the SAT? And are there any programs or resources out there that you recommend that students should use? Yeah, thanks for the question. 
So I would say a few things about the SAT. Uh, first of all, now the College Board has a whole suite of SAT assessments starting as early as eighth grade. We have something called the PSAT 8-9, which more and more students are starting to take in eighth and ninth grade. We have the PSAT 10, which many students take in the 10th grade. Then we have the more widely known uh, PSAT that qualifies students for National Merit Scholarships starting in 11th grade. And of course, we have the SAT exam itself, which is administered throughout the school year and now even in August before the school year starts. I think ideally uh, a student should take these exams as early as possible. So for example, I recommend for others what I do for my own children. Uh, I had my son take the PSAT 8-9 and what it does is it gives him, his teachers, and me as his parent an idea of where he's strong and where he needs to focus. Uh, and additionally, uh, we have resources that are available to everyone who has an internet connection to help them build the skills identified through uh, this suite of exams. Um, we have a partnership with Khan Academy whereby we offer free personalized online SAT prep. It's at satpractice.org and I have my own son practicing on that one hour a day, five days a week this <laughs> summer. And uh, I can sign up as his coach so I can see if he's actually done it. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it is. well, it's nice for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope he agrees. But one of the reasons this is so, this is so cool for um, the children you work with uh, in this organization is that we all know that children, particularly of active duty members, they, 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 they bounce around a lot. They go to a lot of different high schools. And the SAT itself is the same, whether you are on a base in Germany or whether you're at a public school in Texas. And the practice tool is portable. You can use it wherever you are. If mom is, uh, is overseas and the child is stateside, she can still check and see if her daughter practiced on the Khan Academy free SAT practice tool. And she can shoot her a text and say, hey honey, you owe me two hours of practice <laughs> tonight. So it's, a, it's an excellent tool. And, and I also uh, would be remiss if I didn't say that um, if the students study on this tool, they're likely to see a score increase. We did a, we did a study that showed students who spend 20 hours practicing on on satpractice.org see an average of a 115 point score gain, wow. which is often the difference maker in college admissions. And it's also the equivalent of about a week's worth of football practice. So it's doable. Uh, it's a really, really good tool. And for anybody listening to this podcast who has children in high school, I, I, I strongly suggest that you get them on it. It's free um, if the students upload the results of a prior PSAT or SAT exam. It personalizes the lessons based on those results. It's really a fantastic tool. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for sharing that. that I think that's very important advice.
Uh, Steve, I understand there is a new way that you are helping to connect colleges to military-connected students. Could you tell us more about that service? Sure, sure. One of the main ways uh, colleges and universities in the United States find students to build their admissions classes is through the College Board's search tool. Uh, you should also know that the primary federal legislation governing education in the United States is called ESSA. Uh, in the most recent authorization of ESSA, they asked the College Board to help colleges and universities find the children of uh, active duty military personnel by adding a question uh, that would show up in search that would help colleges and universities identify those children. In our partnership with the Military Child Education Coalition, we actually took it several steps further. And we added questions that not only would identify children whose parents or guardians are active military personnel, but also identify the children of National Guards persons, of reservists, and of veterans. And what that does is it allows colleges and universities to search for those students and it also allows scholarship providers to search for those students. Mm -hmm. And most recently, we've added two very specific college scholarship providers that you may find of interest. One is the Marine Corps Scholarship Foundation, and they provide scholarships to children of veteran, active duty, and reserve Marines, and also Navy Corpsmen who've served with the Marines. And we've also started a partnership with children of fallen patriots who provide scholarships and educational counseling to military children who sadly have lost a parent in the line of duty. And we're looking to add similar scholarship providers going forward. In fact, for your listeners, if you have any advice on scholarship providers we should reach out to, uh, we're happy to take that advice. Thank you very much. Yes. Let's uh, stay with the topic of scholarships. How does the College Board's new Opportunity Scholarship Program work? I, I checked on the website and there are six steps. <laughs> Why do we have six steps? Okay, so the College Board is dedicating $25 million over five years to provide scholarships through what we call the College Board Opportunity Scholarships. What I like to call this is a college planning process disguised as a scholarship program. Because as I mentioned earlier, parents and students often don't know where to start in the college planning process. You just went through right. this. I imagine you can attest to how confusing the process can be. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it is. It, it is. Yeah. It is. Even for a highly resourced, educated family like your own. So the College Board Opportunity Scholarship is intended to break down a very complex process into the six most critical steps in bite-sized chunks starting earlier than typically happens. That is to say, we start half of the steps take place in 11th grade. So what often happens is uh, children and their families look up in the beginning of the senior year of high school and they say, where is our son or daughter going to go to college? And it is a mad scramble that's really stressful. We pull that whole process back to junior year, and we start in a very disciplined, incremental way with six critical steps. And if you take those steps, 
you will be in a college dorm the fall after your senior year of high school. I like that because then not everything is crammed into that senior year because senior year is so busy already. So I I really like that idea. Uh, I'm wondering though, how is the scholarship program different from other? So what happens with most, uh, most scholarship programs is they come in at the end of a cycle and they reward extraordinary academic achievement and sometimes extraordinary athletic achievement and occasionally really top-notch musicians and stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a high school, you tend to see the same handful of students on the stage getting the scholarship awards. What's fundamentally different about this program is that it rewards effort. You don't have to be the valedictorian of your high school class to be eligible for a college board opportunity scholarship. You just have to take these steps. You just have to try. It rewards grit and persistence and any kid who shows those things and walks through these six steps is eligible for scholarship. That's really quite a departure from the typical scholarship program. The kids in the back of the class and in the middle of the class and in the front of the class are all eligible for the scholarship. Very nice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Steve, do you have a final piece of advice or perhaps a suggestion for our listeners? Sure. Um, I would say that your listeners should start planning for their children's college career as early as possible. What I would recommend for parents who are listening is the same thing I'm doing with my own children. That's to get them taking uh, the SAT exams, starting with PSAT 8-9, as early as possible, getting their children signed up on uh, satpractice.org as early as possible, uh, and signing up for the College Board Opportunity Scholarships in their child's junior year. If you do all of these things, it will make the process smoother. The child will be more prepared to go to college, and it will de-stress a process that can be uh, very stressful at Mm -hmm. times. And it's easy. You just do a little bit at a time, and you look up, and you have a much higher SAT score. You have clarity about the colleges uh, your child is going to apply to, and the process is just much easier. And we really like suggestions that make our life a little bit easier. Absolutely. So I also want to mention that we have a resource that is available to the children of military personnel, but also to active duty military personnel. If you log on to www.cb.org backslash military, there is a website that will break down the college planning and preparation process, both for the children of uh, military personnel and for people themselves who are active duty and aspire to go to college after uh, the at, at the end of their service. Uh, it's all there. All the information is there in, in one place, and uh, it will be very helpful. So thank you so much, Steve, for sharing these tips. And thank you also for taking the time to be here this morning and talk about the College Board. Well, uh, it is an honor to be here. The Military Child Education Coalition does great work, and 
We're honored to work with you. Thank you. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.